Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots presented to you by the good folks at OG's. I'm Saul. That's Eddie. You know how it goes here every every single Thursday morning. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. As usual, there's nothing different about that. We're going to talk about the Suns. We're going to talk about a lot of other shenanigans. We're going to talk about Jokic a little bit too. That's going to be interesting. And and we're going to talk about my shirt because LeVar Burton reads banned books. <clears throat> he reads banned books. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I do too. <laughs> so good morning. Uh, the Suns uh, just got off uh, a really incredible comeback victory against the Sacramento Kings. And there's a lot of different ways you could take this. They shouldn't have been down in the first place. They look sloppy for, through three and a half quarters. Or uh, what, a, what a great bounce back with the resolve of this team to stay in it and keep fighting and get the W. Uh, you know, it, it's... It's whatever way you want to look at it, right? So, Eddie, you were sitting courtside, and I just I, – I, I'm looking at this. I'm trying to look at this as optimistically as possible, and I'm really hoping that this is a turning point for this team. But, but some of the same things that have been hindering this team all season long really re- showed their ugly head in the first three and a half quarters of this game, and it was really hard to ignore that. Um, at least for me, I, I really do like the fact that they came back. That was an exciting victory. It was fantastic. But what say you? One of the best inventions ever. You know why? A 50-ounce. Uh, you know why? Huh? <laughs> you know why it's one of the best inventions ever? Tell me why, Eddie. Because you don't know what's in you. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. Okay. <laughs> you got to take a flight. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm not flying a damn plane. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Okay. That was, look, that win the other night, it's always signature losses. Like, the Suns can look back before the game the other day. They could look back and say, damn, we lost San Antonio twice at home. Mm-hmm. We lost to Portland. You know, uh, we've lost to some teams that came in, beat up, and injured. You know, we lost a ton of home games. You can They can look back at a lot of games that they're going to probably look back on at the end of the season and say, mm, man, if we had won this those two, we would be in a better situation than we are now. Yeah. Well, they got one of them back. Uh, that's the way I look at it. And obviously the fourth quarters haven't been well for them this year. So we haven't seen a lot of comebacks, right, because they haven't played well in the fourth quarter. But that one right there was worth three games. Hmm. Psychologically. Okay. Psychologically, because you're down 22. Oh, and by the way, I just wasn't sitting at courtside. I was calling the damn game. I said you were courtside. I I was calling the damn. There's a lot of people at courtside. But you were courtside. There's a lot of people at courtside drinking and having a good time, half-dressed. But no, I'm going to defend myself. Last year, you weren't necessarily courtside. Sometimes they put your ass up in the rafters. Tell me I'm lying. That was during the freaking COVID era. But you still were there. Not last year. Or two years ago, whatever you want to say. It's it's not like you you were courtside every single year. 
You know what? So I'm gonna defend That's myself, like, man. That's like I'm no. just telling the people where you were at. Give so me they my get... title where it belongs. <laughs> I'm sitting courtside. There's a thousand people sitting courtside. Color analyst for your Phoenix Suns, Eddie Johnson, courtside doing the game. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I've worked hard. I got three Emmys for that name. Oh my god. Give okay. me my love. All right. Anyway. All right. Okay. So. That was a huge win, man. Like, down 22, 8.32 left. I'm calling the game. Now, if you're listening, you can hear it in my voice like we got And I was very close to saying, you know, we need to use this last 8.32 with this lineup, the small lineup with Katie at center, to see how it would work. So regardless of what the score is, I would like to see these guys push and play so we can at least get an idea of how this lineup can work. And lo and behold, no way did I think. Now, even though during the course of the game, I did say a couple of times, I'll pat myself on the back. You want to do it too? 10, right? Huh? It's always 10. Well, it's not just 10. It's just like Sacramento. Like, they'll let you back in. Yeah. Like, cause, because of the way that they play. And they get excited. Like, they start to shoot more threes when they're up. Mm. And it gets them in trouble. And we've seen it. We saw it last year with Golden State, right? Golden State came back in that series and beat them. Yeah. So I knew they would give a chance, but I just thought the hill was too steep to climb. But, man, that lineup, that lineup looked good. Like, KD at center looked good because what it did, it forced a bonus now to have to guard somebody and, and not be as helpful defensively as he was early in the game. And it just opened up everything and every big shot. Like, I think the Bradley Bill turnover when he drove the baseline was probably the only blip in that run. Mm -hmm. And man, that was, I was standing up calling the game. <laughs> See, so I wasn't sitting that courtside. <laughs> if you look back at the tape, EJ was standing up because, you know, it's a good infomercial <laughs> for the tight Italian suits. Okay. So, you know, I had to stand up. Man, that was tremendous, man. And the joy on these guys' faces, uh, KD's press conference went like, it seemed like it went an hour. That's how happy he was. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a lot of off their shoulder, too, in regards to one, Sacramento's had their number. Uh, and then, two, it could be a team that they're battling with at the end of the year, right, you know, for a position. So it's good that they won. So now I think they play them two more times. Mm -hmm. So they have a chance to win the series. And... The, just the fact, man, that they gave something to the fans. Like, the fans have had a tough time at home coming out supporting, and the team has not been good at home. Better on the road than they have been at home. Yeah. So, huge win, man. Great shot making, great defense, and an unbelievable future lineup, man, that can really create some problems. So, a lot of great things came out of that game. So, they got to follow it up, though. That's the only thing. They yeah. can't come back and stink it up in New Orleans. They got to really build on what they gained here against Sacramento. Sometimes in games like this, you know, coaches will will just say, you know what, it looks like we're out of it. I'm not going to wave the the towel, but you know, we're going to experiment a little bit. And I think they might mm -hmm. accidentally run into something that they can go to. They can't go to it frequently, you know, in terms of like just a staple of what they do. But they could do it in spots um, because you know, obviously, if you if you have KD going against, you know. 
a premier center, that's just not going to work, right? Like it, for the long haul. No, now, no, if you that's, do it that's in, a short term. In, in short term things, lineup. absolutely. No, it's yeah. not something you start the game. Exactly, no. exactly. And so I, I do. That is encouraging. I, I am happy that Vogel tested that and see to see where it was going to go. He did it that's, in Portland too. So he did it in Portland, and you remember they held off Portland in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. all, as well. Sorry, I cut you. No, off. no, you're you good. Continue. You're good. You're good. So, uh, so it, it's 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 nice to see that this team didn't. They had the resolve to to just not give up. They kept fighting. They kept fighting. So that's that's an encouraging sign. It means that they're all still locked in. They're they're all playing with effort. It didn't feel like it though at in the beginning of the game. Uh, the the first three quarters, you know, EJ, I'm telling you, we were there for our takeover and being there, watching this in person. And watching the rotations, the the it felt like there was. I, I'm not gonna say a lack of effort, but really it felt like a lot a lack of focus at times in terms of where 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 your positioning should be on defense, um, the the communication. Guys were wide open time after time after time again, and even when they were driving to the lane, like De'Aaron Fox had a couple of just floaters that just looked like warm up jump shots, and I just like nothing felt like the Suns were providing resistance in any way, shape, or form. And that was that's the discouraging part of this game is like why why is it like this at times with this team? The inconsistency, especially on the defensive end, where it looks like they have zero clue what is happening, yeah. you know, time after time down well, the court. And 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 for Frank Vogel to be quote unquote a defensive coach, that's even more discouraging. Yeah, without a doubt. But the the one thing I'll, I'll I'll protect Vogel in this situation is that this is an offensive built team, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I played on offensive minded teams and I played on defensive minded teams. Uh, the offensive minded team I played on was actually here in Phoenix, uh, Kansas City as well. I won't go back that far because a lot of you, you know. Waterboy couch potatoes. Y'all don't go back that far they in regards know, to history. They, they don't even know that a team. No, they don't go back City. that far in regards to history. <laughs> they just they're into the present. Like you know, I mean, like Jokic is the greatest center ever in the history of the game. I mean, that's where they stand right now. Uh, so I won't date myself that much. I'll just go back to the Suns uh, late '80s. We were an offensive-minded team, like Tom Chambers, myself, Kevin Johnson. Jeff Hornacek, like, you know, that those us four guys offensively would devastate teams. And then along the way, we added defenders, obviously, and, and, and Dan Marley, Mark West, Ty Corbin, T.R. Dunn, uh, guys like that, Kurt Rambis. But we were still an offensive-minded team. Uh, the Suns teams in the 2000s, right, with Nash and Sean mm-hmm. and Amari, offensive-minded teams. So you, you've seen, you know, you, you see that team, and that's what this team is. It's an offensive-minded team. I play on a defensive-minded team in Seattle. We had Gary Payton, Derek McKee, Sean Kemp, even though Sean could play great offense, right? Gary Evolved is a great offensive player. Nate McMillan. But we were a defensive team mm-hmm. with some offensive players. This team is, was built initially as an offensive team with these three tremendously gifted offensive players and, and Devin KD and Bradley Bill. And so the mindset when you go out there is you think no matter what the other team does, you're going to outscore. The problem is two things. One, the ingredients to surround them have not been there all year. We're starting to see those ingredients now. I told people 
before the season started. I said the Suns would have the best three-point shooting team in the league, and they pushed back on me. Well, we got two right there at the top in KD and Grayson Allen. We know what Eric Gordon can do. We know what Devin can do. We know what Bradley Beal can do. We've seen it. Mm -hmm. So we know that's going to be the case eventually once they can band themselves together. But the defensive aspect of it gets them in trouble because they think they can outscore people, and especially against teams that know how to score themselves. Now it's a crapshoot. Who's going to be hot, right? And we've run into that. And the other night, I mean, Sacramento runs a great offense. Like, that offense they run, well, they're just circling around Sabonis and they're coming off screens real fast and everything. It's hard to guard that, especially with Fox, because he comes off real hard on that. If you go under, he's very good at just stepping back and he can make that jumper. And then if you chase, he's going to keep going around and now he gets the ball. And as you said, he's in the paint for a little jumper. And if you hedge too much and try to cut Fox off, then Sabonis is a tremendous robe guy. He, he go, he rolls quickly to the rim. They get it to him, and once he gets his two feet anchored in the paint, he's just a load to move. Mm -hmm. Tough, tough team to deal with, man, offensively. So that's the problem is the defense always has to be a mindset. They can't play D like they did in the fourth quarter for 48 minutes, those yeah. guys, but they can do it for 25 minutes. That's enough to go on an 8-0 run, 10-0 run, and yeah. then you get separation. So, you, you know, I was a little elongated with that one, no, but I felt that you needed to hear that <laughs> from the guy that actually sat courtside. Sat courtside. See? <laughs> see see what I did there, Eric? All right. Uh, you mentioned Grayson, uh, and he's, uh, I think he's at the top in terms of three point shooting. He's one of the best three-point shooters yeah, in the 40, league right I now. I think he's second, he was second yesterday. I mean, it's he and Beasley from Milwaukee. So, I mean, he's playing uh, – he's having the best year of his career so far shooting-wise. And he is – Best man, year, period. He, is, he has been the one constant game after game after game for the Suns um, that has bled through all the way through. And, and I, yeah. I've just been super impressed by Grayson Allen. At the beginning of the season, I was all in on Grayson – and people kind of laughed and people scoffed and people judged Grayson Allen because they were like, oh, he's he's a bad guy and he's a dirty player. And I told everybody, you're going to change your tune when he's part of your team. And sure enough, how many Grayson stands do we have now? Almost everybody's a Grayson's dad because Grayson Allen has been a delight to watch this season. Uh, however, comma, with great performance be, uh, comes uh, more... I don't know what you want to say. Uh, when it comes to trade stuff, uh, people are going to be a little salty if you even mention the fact that Grayson Allen might be a trade target for other teams. And the Suns, knowing that his contract ends and the fact that if they did try to extend him, it would cost him even more money because of the tax, it's... It's a, a predicament the Suns probably enjoy to be in because that means Grayson Allen's providing tremendous value right now. But at the same time, uh, you don't want to lose Grayson Allen. Like, it is too hard to replace somebody at like a Grayson Allen right now. You would have to get somebody that's damn near all-star level coming back in return to not only replace him, but be able to give you something else uh, that maybe you don't have. And I just don't see that happening. I prefer them to hold on to him. Uh, but they're going to explore their options when it comes to Grayson because he's probably the most valuable trade chip that they have. Uh, I happen to love this kid. 
uh, you know, a lot of players in the history of Sun's lore that uh, I want people to know I'm, I'm, I'm researching stuff and I'm looking at my phone. I'm not ignoring Saul. Yeah, uh, I'm not doing that. Things pop into my head. I didn't send a text. <laughs> Things pop into my head and then I have to go get it. That's the way I am. I'm not going to sit up here and act like I know everything about basketball, couch potatoes, okay? I do research. All right. Number eights in Sun's lore, right? So when I first uh, spoke to Grayson Allen uh, before the season. Did you looked, give him the approval to wear I looked eight? at him. I said, you know, <laughs> I said, man, you wearing my number. And he looked at me. And I said, don't embarrass my number. <laughs> I said, you known as a great shooter. I said, to me, that number is reserved for great shooters because I epitomize that. That's my number. Okay. And here's the number of guys that wore number eight. John McCullough. Don't know who the hell he is. Rick Roby. I know who he was, but he was one of them big dudes, man, that, you know, you know he, he wasn't no jump shooter. Big dudes take, shouldn't be wearing man, single digits Take anyway. my number off. Tim Kempton, same thing. Yes. Tim, my boy, but you know, don't be wearing my number, man. <laughs> Treffin Ruffin. I don't even oh, know who Oh, man. He is. Ruff? Oh, wow. Mario Bennett. I mean, he had a little hey, skill. He, he could right. shout. Yeah. Pat Garrity was all right, but his body didn't look good in my number eight. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> Oliver Miller. Hell no. <laughs> Get number 48, number 50. You don't wear number eight. It's like Rick Mahorn one time was wearing Air Jordans. I looked at him doing the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? You wearing Air Jordans and you can't jump over a penny? <laughs> Vinny Del Negro. Vinny, I. I Vinny, Vinny, Vinny shoot, shoot the ball. It, yeah. Vinny, Vinny cool. Vinny cool. Jalen Rose was the end of his career. So yeah. Jalen, yeah. at least the rep matched. The rep matched, but it was at the end of his career, so he couldn't like accentuate it yeah. a little okay. bit more. You know, I had to call those games, but Jalen's my boy. DJ Strawberry, great mm. name, but game yeah. wasn't all up to par. Channing Fry, now he, he epitomized number eight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Notice it was a U of A guy. I mean, how is that? Channing epitomized that. Told Channing. Channing made me proud. Gerald McNeil. Never heard of him. Nope. Bryce Cotton. Eh, didn't hear him either. Even though I called the game. Tyler Eulis. Too little. <laughs> I know Devin, that's your boy. Too little. You know, man. Yeah, yeah, no. No, no. Too little. George King. Yeah, that was a blip in the radar. Frank Comiskey. Frank was cool. He was cool. He was cool. Frank was cool. He Don't, wore number eight. That's Espo's boy, and he gets a little salty. We still actually have Frank Comiskey on the back shelf. Yeah, the show. I, I like Frank. I like Frank. Terrence Ross. Now, I thought that was good. Man, yeah. until he just, man, he couldn't make nothing. No, no. Like, Terrence Ross could, man, I was like. Couldn't throw a rock in the ocean at the Terrence? end. Yeah. <sighs> Grayson, though, Oof. Hey, he epitomizes number eight, baby. Like, I am telling you, this dude flat out, he doesn't jump on his shot. I didn't jump. You know, he's got that look about him. I had that look about me. <laughs> you know, 
He built. <laughs> I was built. You know what I'm saying? Like he epitomizes number eight. I, I have nothing to say against this because you were a legit shooter. You're top 31, I think, of all time. Like, what, what am I going to say? It's not like I'm going to say anything. He bad. epitomized that. And so, Grayson is fantastic. Man, I love watching this kid play. I would be devastated. I love if, the f- if he changed uniforms. I, I know teams would want him, and I know the Suns are trying to t- tweak and all of that. But, man, right now, this dude is a walking bucket. Man, he's shooting threes like layups. I mean, do you think the ball's not going in when he shoots now? No, no, no. Every time he shoots, I think it's going in. No, please don't. No, I I would be devastated the, if that happened. The great thing about Grayson Allen, and they say this about, you know, like like great scorers find different ways to score, right? Grayson Allen is a great three-point shooter in a variety of different ways. He When he catches, sometimes he can come off the screen, catch, and shoot. Uh, sometimes he's set and then there's different types of set shooting, right? Mm -hmm. It's knowing that the ball's coming and you got plenty of time. You can set up spot up shoot, Mm -hmm. right? Then there's the other one where he's already got his hands in position because he knows the defense is really close, but he knows he's got the shot. And so his arms are already in position. So he just catches it. It almost looks like it just goes from straight to here. He doesn't have to load up or anything. It's just nice, pure shot. And I just – that's the thing that impressed me. I think yeah. in, like, game two he did this, and I was just like, wow, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA that understand that and can perform that at that high of a level. You're right, and I'm glad you brought that up, Saul, because, like – and look, you can – look, what I'm getting ready to say, I normally charge for it. It's free. <laughs> but if you really feel it's good that, about it and you want to get the full gist it's of it. It's that camera when it's one on you. Right here? Yeah, there you go. I should know that, right? Yeah. Because I sit courtside. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I normally charge for this. All right? Normally. Why'd you take to all this damn time to tell me? I don't know the camera set up here. You got three cameras pointing at me. Nobody had to tell me, Eddie. I just knew. I, I looked at the camera. I was like, oh, it's coming from the side Both of my face. Both cameras are on my head. you because the, the camera's there and the camera's there. You're just looking straight. Both cameras are on you, man. <laughs> See? He knows. See? I know. He, yeah, he knows. <laughs> I normally charge. <laughs> but if you really want to get the full gist of it, Jump Shot 8 video, still on Amazon. I think it's about 10 bucks now. It's been out for 15 years. Okay? He's a great seller. All right? Thousands of people have it. It's 90 minutes of me saying exactly and teaching what the great jump shooter himself, Saul Bookman, just said. All right? So you're right about Grayson. It's different levels of getting your shot off. It's all predicated on where the defender is. And how aggressive he's attacking you. Okay? So... For instance, if he's far off of you, then you have time to catch it. As I said on the telecast uh, last week, I think it was a Portland game, I believe, you can see him turn the ball in his hands, and he's not looking. What is he turning the ball for to get it in the groove? I love to have my fingers feel the groove. So I didn't even have to look. Like, boom, boom, I just turn it because I knew. All right, so I knew I had time, all right, because the defender was far away. 
Okay. I also knew that I'm had time if he comes out at me and he's worried about the drive. And he's got his hands down. As the great Mark Jackson used to say on national telecast, and I miss him. Hands down, man, man down. down. Okay, so <laughs> you're watching that. All right. Now, if they're very aggressive and they're coming at you, but you want to get the shot off, you catch it here, and now you don't normally you could catch it, right? And you bring it and you bring it up, right? So you're catching your shooting pocket and you go up and shoot it, right? Now you're going to catch it and you're just going to go. So now it's not going to be elongated. So you're not going to catch it and have it here because you know you have the time and then bring it up. What you're going to do now is you're going to try to catch it here and now just go right up, okay, and shoot the ball. So it's different levels of shooting, and he has all the levels. Like this kid can flat out shoot. The Rock. Yeah. Uh, and if you run up on him, he'll balance it out and he'll drive you. Just enough to make you think and not attack him aggressively. He, this kid, I'm telling you, I would use him as a poster. Like, if I was doing a clinic, I would say, Grayson Allen, let me use you. Yeah. Because he has it. He has it. The form and everything. I wouldn't use Steph Curry. Does that offend people? I wouldn't use him. No, I could see why you wouldn't he's use him. He's not duplicated. He is a freak of nature. Yeah. That's why he's the greatest shooter ever. I don't think anybody can copy what he does. You know, the way he shoots is ridiculous. And his and the way he his angles and how he grabs the ball and and how he shoots it real fast. And sometimes he doesn't even follow through. He'll do this and it goes 30 feet. No. <laughs> no. Stop emulating him. Emulate a guy like Grayson Allen. You'll get to the league and you'll have a chance to make a few dollars. The the most impressive thing about that, too, as you were explaining each di different level, is that each different technique that he's using, um, there's a different amount of power coming from a different part of the body. Uh, because when you load up, obviously you get your core into it a little bit more, you get your legs into it a little bit more. So when you when you shoot and release, you don't have to put as much pressure and, and strength out of your arms and your mm -hmm. upper body to do it. When you're catching it right here, you know a majority of it is coming from your upper body. You get to use your legs a little bit, but you can't load up and shoot the way you normally would. And so to, you're already to, loaded. Yeah, you're already you're loaded. You're already so, loaded because so, you know it. So it's it's the different um, the different assessment of what you need to do at each different moment that makes him that's that's what's so impressive about what he's doing is like people don't see that they just think they oh he's know. just a good shooter and he, he he's hitting these threes but there's there's levels to this watch him like couch potatoes and water boys stop watching basketball and only watch the ball oh stop watching basketball and only watch the ball watch off the ball Watch Steph Curry off the ball. Then you'll really appreciate how great he is. Watch Grayson Allen off the ball. Watch Eric Gordon, how they just sit over there and they just load up. They'd be like this. Hands up, ready. Feet already set. One foot pointed toward the target. The other foot pointed toward the passer. So now when you catch it, boom, shots up. All that is the setup before you shoot the ball. And people don't watch that. Mm -hmm. You know, Watch off the ball. You'll learn so much more about basketball. Yeah, a million percent. Uh, avoid in the comments saying, Saul getting his ass kicked by Eddie every week. Uh, you should avoid saying that dumb shit. How about that?
Okay. All right. Let's move along to the next thing. <laughs> he touched a nerve, didn't he? I mean, I mean, we got like, a lot of different I, comments up like, there. It's, it's just like, like what, what are we talking about here? Like, what do you mean I'm getting my ass kicked? How? Because we're talking about Grayson Allen? You know, you know, people, yeah, people you know, just. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, just hey Eddie, man. Eddie, Eddie's Legion, calm down. Eddie's <laughs> Legion, calm down, baby. We know, we know how it go. Like Beyonce got hers, Eddie got his. I know. So calm down. Saul's okay. Oh He's my all right. God. Just calm down. Be nice oh to him. God. The Beehive and the, the J-Hive. Beehive. That's the right. J-Hive. It's the J-Hive, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's the J-Hive. Oh my God. Even though I'm wearing a Chicago Land Legends uh, hoodie. And they put Jay Johnson. Like, who the hell is Jay Johnson? Well, they did put Jay Johnson. That was for Joe. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to go to but you. But I like the hoodie so big. Yeah, they sent it to me, but they uh, maybe I've been gone from Chicago so long. They, <laughs> they that Johnson guy in Arizona was sending me. I mean, the Jays maybe for jump shot. You know, they're <laughs> yeah, maybe like, this guy's, this guy's known for his that's jump shot. That's why I wore it. That's why I wore it. <laughs> jump shot, jump shot, baby. I mean, Devin, that's what I don't need. My name's not Eddie to Devin Book. What is it? Jump shot. Uh, is that what he said? Oh, that's my name. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Devin has ever called me by my name. Really? Jump shot. What's up, jump shot? That's cool. What do you call him? Huh? What do you call him? After he walk away from not calling me my name. <laughs> now, what do you say to his face? <laughs> uh, I'd call him Devin. Okay. All right. All right. I feel what's like up, you Devin? should. I feel, that's like, all. I feel like you should have a you nickname say, what's for up, him. Jump shot. So I like the name. You know, okay, that's cool. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> we wanted to get into this. Uh, they're obviously about to hit the road right now. And as you mentioned, New Orleans uh, Pelicans are a tough team. They're really hot right now. They're playing good basketball all the way around. They've always been kind of a tough team for the Suns to play physicality-wise. And, um, you know, they've, they've gotten the Suns a couple times. The Suns have gotten them a couple times. Uh, this is the start of a long road trip. What what are you expecting to see in New Orleans? Do you think this is going to be the turnaround? Do you think the Sacramento Kings game will finally be the turnaround that this team needs to really get that confidence and start taking off? Yeah. Well, it, it, in a way, it is the start of a long road trip, but they do have an interruption. New Orleans back here, yeah. play the Pacers, and then on the road, yeah. EJ be here with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's my vacation Are you not time. going on the road? Ah, oh. vacation time. Okay. Look, vacation time. Okay, I'm turning 65 this year, and I'm getting all these damn geek ads, you know, because of <laughs> Medicare, Medicaid, whatever it is that I have no choice, I have to get. Oh People, I'm telling you, when you turn 65, they make you do stuff, okay? So I have no choice but to get this, even though I have 100% insurance, it doesn't matter, I still got to get this Medicare. And I'm getting all these ads pop up on me on my Instagram now. They know I'm 65. Come <laughs> I mean, I just don't like that, man. I don't like the invasion of my privacy. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean when you're scrolling Instagram, you're, you're getting like, like, like medical and old people tons stuff? of them, <laughs> tons of them. Oh no! I kid you not. I get nothing but Amazon. I ads. kid you not. Tons of them. Watch. I oh, guarantee you, something pops up. <laughs> I just, and I'm like, how the heck do they know I'm turning 65? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Here man. it is. Here it is. I mean, five Medicare mistakes people make. Oh I mean, my god! Get out of my life. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry, man. man. I'm <laughs> so they gonna remind me all year I'm turning 65. I don't look, I feel like I'm 50, 45. Stop reminding me, man. Gee, A B level. I, I don't know. I know I gotta sign up for it. They're gonna take money from me anyway. Fine. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about the, the road, road trip. trip. <laughs> so I'm taking time off. Okay. <laughs> taking time off, man. The great Ann Myers, who just had knee replacement. That's how tough she is. You get yeah. some of these guys get injured. They land on the floor. Oh, oh, hey, oh, we, we are. You got to reel them off in the stretcher, and then they come back on the court. We're not going to besmirch Kevin Ray, okay? Uh, and, and come on, man. <laughs> so my thing is, you know, I got to take the time off. It's a long road trip. Two weeks, man. That, that's long. Uh, getting in the hotel, two, three in the morning. Uh, my whole body's not ready for that. So there I go again. I'm dating myself, but it's true. So, but it's going to be a tremendous run here for the Suns. They got to really be focused. Uh, it starts in New Orleans, and hopefully they don't have that sound machine going. The sound machine? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, know last year, last year they got mad at me uh, because I said that they had an echo machine in there mm -hmm. that you know the crowd noise, and then they boom, boom, echoed it out a little bit, and they really got on me. The New Orleans organization got on me. But they still haven't proved, proven to me that they didn't use it. Mm -hmm. The Suns were guilty of using it a number of years ago. Remember it came out, mm -hmm. the league said it was too high, whatever. I, it, look, I have no issue with it, but just admit that you were using the sound machine. Yeah. I mean, That's let, all. let's be real. In 2019, when there was you know half as many people in the stands and it still sounded the same as the NBA Finals, you knew, like, come You on. knew something. <laughs> right? I it's mean, not real. Right, in on. the bubble, right? In the bubble, they had to use the sound. Mm -hmm. okay? So don't mm -hmm. tell me you don't use it. They got mad at me, but New Orleans, so that's a polarizing place for EJ. The fans don't care for me too much there. I have to make sure that the bodyguards, you know, the Suns do travel with a host of bodyguards. Mm -hmm. I have to alert them that that's not one of the places that I'm like. Why is that? Oh, they want, why don't you do your research on oh, that okay. back and My forth? Bad. I did not know that there was. Oh, some... you can put, pull it up now. It's okay. Eddie Johnson, the Pelican sound machine. Oh, man, they destroyed They They, oh, wow. they destroyed me, please. Man, nobody's going to destroy me on Twitter. But we went back and forth. Well, if it makes you feel good, you have a partner in crime when it comes to New Orleans people hating you. Uh, Espo is very much hated in New Orleans. Well, well, uh, last, he last needs to go down there. He needs to come with me then so he can walk with me so they'll get him because if they start chasing us, I'll just run right alongside Espo. <laughs> just outrun him. I'll be like, Espo, I'll be running, and he think I'm running fast. And as soon as they get close, boom, I'm gone. Got him. <laughs> there are multiple articles online about Eddie and, and the whole beef that he has now with oh, Pelicans wow. fans. And I think even, like, the Pelicans game day operations guy, like, took his quote and was like, this is offensive. Like, how could you say that? Wow. Pelicans fans are loud. Okay. I don't believe it. Yeah, no. so I need I need to show up with a little uh, BG, little bodyguard action. Make sure that, you know, as I sit at court Do you have side, them taste your food every time you go out to eat? Just to make sure that nobody's trying to poison I'm not a dictator. I'm not one of these dictators <laughs> where I'm having people eat for food before me. I don't go that deeply. Uh, okay. You know, All right. No, but I do watch them cook it. I go back in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, EJ, that you uh, keep getting uh, those Medicare ads, but uh, I will tell you this. Uh, you can self-medicate by going to OGs and getting yourself some some nice uh, gummies to, to kind of relax and take your mind off of things. Uh, you can go to OGs 
Brands.com and get yourself a nice uh, set of edibles. Uh, they usually come in 10, <clears throat> 10 pieces per pack, 100 milligram packs and 10 milligrams a piece. They're fantastic. They got RSOs, indica, sativas, everything you could possibly want. You can follow them also on Twitter and on Instagram at OG's Brands. Uh, it, they're a fantastic edible. Again, I think they're the greatest edible in the history of edibles, especially here in Arizona. So check them out at OGsBrands.com. And remember, you must be 21 or older to enjoy. My man plays a lot of golf. And Eddie, I don't know if you know this, but Four Peaks has actually got a crossover uh, beer with Bad Birdie, uh, and it's a it's a nice little juicy ale. Nice. Uh, you can check it out. It's all over the place. I actually saw it in, in my local fries the other day. Uh, it's it's a fantastic drink. You should try it. I had one. It was fantastic. I, I liked it a lot. So check them out. Four Peaks Brew. You can follow them also on Instagram and Twitter. Same thing. Uh, check out their 8th uh, Street Pub. It's fantastic. You can't go wrong. The food is great. The beer is great. It's the best craft brewery in the state. So check it out at Four Peaks. And remember, you also must be 21 or over to enjoy as well. All right. Uh, you brought up something on Twitter the other day when it came to centers in the NBA. And, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to let Eric read uh, the first part of this tweet because I can't see it from here. Yeah, I got you. The text is a little small. But he says, the funny part about Jokic being listed in a second tier is that Ewing, Walton, Thurmond, Mourning, and Gilmore would physically take his post up away and turn him into an average scorer. This is a quote tweet for the GOAT centers tier list, which Jokic, Moses Malone, David Robinson, and George Mikan are in tier two, above the players that EJ listed. In tier two, right? So in they're above two. the players, as he said. Uh, as I'm repeating what he said. Uh, come on, man. Like, again. Who? Wait, wait. Name off tier one again. All right. I'll give you the full tier here. So tier one is Wilt, Kareem, Russell, Hakeem, and Shaq. No, no issue. Tier two. Moses Malone, Jokic, David Robinson, George Mikan. Tier three, Willis Reed, Patrick Ewing, Bill Walton. Tier four, Nate Thurman, Dave Cowens, Alonzo Mourning, and Artis Gilmore. Okay. If we're talking about strictly a physical standpoint, I, I agree. I agree tier with tier one, outside of maybe a large one, because I didn't feel like he was a physically imposing player, but he had technique out the wazoo and was probably one of the most fundamentally sound and technical players of, of all time from the center position. I will say that. Uh, and he was athletic. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like physically he would have dominated Jokic. Now Shaq, Will Chamberlain. You don't think Olajuwon would have? <clears throat> I don't think he would have. No. Olajuwon struggled with Shaq physically. That's why he didn't, he didn't try to body him up a lot. He just outworked him. Am I wrong in that? Shaq might be the strongest dude on the face of the earth. I mean, true. Okay, he's Hercules. True. Okay. <laughs> do you really? You might, Shaq might be physically the most dominant. Do you realize? In my opinion, the most dominant basketball player in NBA history in regards to his strength. So uh, nobody was going to move him. Do you? But realize? Let's go to the second tier of them. Like, what? But I, what I'm saying is, is are you talking uh, this list? Is this? Greatest centers, or is this just strength? No, basically what he is saying, no, no. What I'm saying, this this is what I was really approaching this. I mean, you know, Jokic fans can't stand me, even though I think Jokic is an unbelievable basketball player. But it goes back to this whole thing of if you if you if you say that Kobe's not top ten all time, it's an insult. But he's not in my top ten. 
But it's not an insult. Damn, if he's 11, that's 11. That's, whoa. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an insult, right? If if Michael Jordan is is not the number one, it's an insult. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Uh, so it's really nothing you can say about these guys that people are not going to like if they're not at the level that they believe. You don't put them at the level that they believe they should be. All right. So I just want to get that out of the way because I do happen to enjoy the way Nikola Jokic plays the game. I love his demeanor. I think he's an unbelievable basketball player. But the game of basketball today is totally different than the game used to be. When you guard guys in the post, you can't put two hands in their back. Back in the day, you could. Okay, so you can be more physical. But, you know, in today's game, you can't. You can't dislodge guys off the post now in today's game. Back in the old game, you could. So my point is, when you start listing him above those guys, and they, they, they're so funny with this, right? Because on the other hand, they'll go at LeBron and say, well, he's scoring all them points now because the game's different. Mm. But when it comes to Jokic or their guy, then they're not going to make that same excuse, right? He would have had a hard time. Oh, okay. Dwight Howard locked his ass up in the bubble. Locked him up. Couldn't move him. Dwight did not allow him to push him back and took his game away. But you know what they're going to say? Oh, he was younger then. He was in the bubble. Man, it's basketball. It's between the lines. If it's a piece of steak on the floor, if you're in an alley, if you're in a basement, if you're in a penthouse, if that's the only damn piece of steak, you're going to go after that steak like you want to eat it. If you got to contend with me and Saul going for it, I'm going to kick Saul's butt and take the steak. Okay? So I don't want to hear that. Ewing would have been a would have been a a terror for him. He would have made him go outside. That's all I'm saying. That's all I was saying in the tweet. Like he wouldn't have been able to do all the things that he is comfortable doing in today's game if Ewing was guarding him. If Morning was guarding him, Morning would block shots in the post. He was one of the best at doing that. Like you was not gonna move those guys backwards. You weren't gonna get that separation like with ease that he does right now and be able to get his shot off. It would not. So what I'm saying to you is if morning played in today's game, he would be a terror. If Ewing played in today's game, he would be a terror. The only person right now that's playing in the NBA today, today that, rivals or or, or 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 simulates what those guys were is who? Don't don't even say it. Is who? LeBron. No. Oh, who? Embiid. Embiid is the only center. Oh, Embiid is an old school type center. He can go in the post. He can beat you up. He's great at the rim defensively. Okay? Yes, he is. And you know what? Oh, my God. The last two times? All I know is he scored 48 points. Good for him. Four points. Good for him. Forget about the winning part. We don't want no, to no, hear no. about that. I don't that. care about the winning. Okay. What I'm saying to you is Embiid, historically, mano mano, is like eight and two against Jokic. He is, he, he, he's out categorizing him across the line. 
totally dominated him statistically. If, if, if we're talking Embiid versus Jokic, okay, whatever. I don't know really what I'm but saying. We're, we're, is we're, if we're talking school. about Embiid versus the old school in terms of physicality, hell no. Look, hey, listen, Embiid flops more than any center. What in does the history that guy do with anything? Because he can't handle the heat. Oh, you no, no, no. Come he's on, drawing, man. man. Look, no. this is a floppers no. league. What do you mean? Everybody, you, you think he's gonna flop in the nineties? No, he wouldn't. That's he my, would adjust, right? And so would Jokic. Hold, hold, but, but my point is, he's got athleticism. That's my point. Like, but Jokic can't jump over a nickel. So? He's Bill Lambeer. Neither could Larry Bird. He would be relegated to Bill Lambeer. Oh, no. Don't you even. Oh, did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Eddie. Offensively. Did you eat an OGs before you came? Offensively. He Bill Lambeer. Listen. Bill Lambeer. Maybe you just took Jokic <laughs> to Bill Lambeer? Maybe a step above Lambeer. Oh okay, but, but my point is this. My point is this. He would struggle. It wouldn't be as easy for him to get his attempts over the top of him. That's all I'm saying to you when I say that. Okay. I'm saying it would not be easy for him. And it would relegate him to what? Having to go out on the perimeter and play more. That's what that's what the tweet was about. So it's like, don't put him above these guys that that's listed below, because if those guys played in today's game, with Alonzo Mourning with his offensive ability in today's game, he could shoot the jumper. Sure. Okay, and he had a tremendous post-up game. I don't know. How can you put Jokic above? And he's one, he's one of the greatest defenders ever. Mm -hmm. So if he played in today's game, Lonzo Mourning would be ridiculous, right? So that was my point. Patrick Ewing would be ultra-dominant. That's the point. So, like, how can you list him and he's still playing and he's still young over those guys based on what? What you're seeing now in today's game when a triple-double is easy as heck? It's easy. But how was that triple-double against Embiid the other day? How many assists did he have? <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm just curious. How many assists? I, I didn't see. I don't know. Three. Okay. Three. How many MB that? Maybe what do you have? Ten. There you go. I didn't see the game, so I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my point. Like, okay, he won a title, people. We know it. Denver had a hell of a team. But he didn't win the title when Jamal Murray was hurt. Did he? Did he win the title when uh I'm sorry, Denver. I'm just making a point. <laughs> No. Did he win the title? But I, what, I'm, what I want to say is... Did no, Michael he, Porter Jr., did he win it? No, he with, did not. He, None of them won it without Jamal Murray, yes. They had a, they have a very good team. But they not, but they w also would not have won it without... Of course. Jokic. Jokic, look, Jokic, in my estimation, was was took the best player in the league the, last I, year. I, Hold it. That, that, see, that's what I'm saying. But, see, when I, when I criticize the issue, people jump me. No, no, no. Jokic, last year, best player in the league. I said that. But that's not the point, though. You're talking about physicality, okay? No, talk, what I want to say, real quick, you just had 10 but it's minutes. it's not just physicality, just listen, okay? though, man. I it's, think, it's an ability to I defend. Think, I listen, I think that Jokic would adjust. If he was in the 90s against these dudes, I think he would adjust just fine. And also, Jokic is no lightweight. What's his weight? 300 pounds. 300 pounds. He's not... Some skinny, scrawny dude getting beasted like he would adjust. He's just as strong as anybody else in the league. 
I didn't say he wasn't and I strong. Think, I think versatility-wise, he would be just as good back then because he would adjust. He would know he can't get away with X, Y, and Z, so he would adjust his game. I am not as I'm looking for something here because okay. I like All to. Right. Right. I'm just saying, like, listen, to say I, Jokic, Jokic is, is a, like Bill Jokic Lambeer. Jokic is strong as an ox. <laughs> He's strong as an ox. He is. But once you get to position, you got to get it over the top of him. That's what I'm saying. And so we don't have centers like Embiid past Embiid in the league. Like, the one thing with Jokic, and Jokic is about 6'11", so he's not like a little dude. Sure. But he's not going to be elevating with ease over those guys. So it goes down to the point, how is he listed above them with ease? Like, statistically he is. Statistically he is. Yeah, you can look at his numbers, but... People say in today's game, the numbers are skewed, right? Easy to get a triple-double, right? They were saying that with Westbrook, right? To to put Westbrook a step down, look how easy it is for him to get his uh-huh. get his triple-doubles, right? <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Real quick, your, your, your New Orleans-hated brother is wanting to pipe in on this for the first time, folks. Espo is joining the joining the squad. What do you got, Espo? Can we just rename the show "Old Men Yelling at Clouds"? <laughs> is that what you I, had to yeah, offer? I just, I That's walk what in, you wanted to put in. I walk in and I just hear. I thought you had something intelligent no, basketball wise no. to put into this. Have I ever look, had look, anything look, intelligent that is basketball the wrong thing wise? To say when I'm getting ads for Medicare because I'm turning sixty five, <laughs> you know, so you can just take them headphones off and go about your business. Good, good luck with Medicare, EJ. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that was 15 seconds of our lives. We won't get back. <laughs> I did think you were going to come in with some sort of yeah. nuanced Eric, take. You don't give the mic over until you find that, out what they want to say first. He's never walked over here and ever done anything I like know. that before. And I figured it was going to be something oh monumental goodness. and game changing. No, it definitely was it the opposite well, of that. You, Nugget fans going to see this thing, man. They're going to go crazy. But, you know, yeah, again, well, yeah, people are. understand. I'm going to make think, sure they do. I think, I think Jokic is an unbelievable basketball player. This has nothing to do with his ability to play. It has a lot to do with your over-exuberance of trying to lift him as one of the top greatest centers of all time. And this is a different way to play the game. And he can get away with a lot of stuff now because of it. He doesn't have a big-time center he's facing every night. Like, back in that time, every night, it was mano-mano. It was big centers going against big centers. It's not the case anymore today. And even yet, analytic people messing it up because those two guys didn't even guard each other, mm. which is a joke. And I don't think they are shying away from each other. I don't think Jokic's scared of anybody. No. That dude will hurt you. Yeah, he will. No, he ain't scared of anybody. He would fight and, Charles and, Oakley. And Embiid's not scared of anybody. I, I firmly believe that. So it's not even about they're scared of each other. Is the analytic mindset won't allow them to play against each other. But let's just face it. Uh, Jokic won a title, so he's going to hold that mantle until NBA can get one. But the best player in the game right now is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid best player in the game. He's best scorer in the game. You Do you disagree with that? Yeah. Yeah. On what? Which one? I just think not that, best score in the game. No, no. I think Jokic is the best all around player in the game. All around. Yeah. All around. All around. That's just like saying you go get me a hamburger and some fries, and you don't get me no damn ketchup. 
Really? Why is that? Why? Why is that? Why? Because he can't defend nobody. Oh, my God. Okay. He he can't. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Best all-around offensive Now, he works hard defensively. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard defensively. He does. And he pays attention to detail. I think that's how good his offensive side is. But my point is, he's not guarding nobody mano-mano. He he can't guard Embiid. Sure. Embiid can guard him. He can't guard Embiid. Okay. Do you agree with that? I, I, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think something we can agree on <clears throat> is the fact that uh, what happened last week in Chicago and the Ring of Honor ceremony was an absolute tragedy. Uh, <clears throat> I will say this, and I know you have something to say about the late Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, as much as I'm a Jordan stan, um, I think he he did he was subjected to a disservice by Jordan, <clears throat> Pippen, Phil Jackson in the documentary The Last Dance. And a lot of people have a skewed version of what he really meant to that organization. And I know a lot of Chicago fans resent him for the way everything kind of ended abruptly for that dynasty. However, comma, he is the one that put that dynasty together. I There is no dispute about that. Like, he's the one that made shrewd moves. After Jordan left, he's the one that got Tony Kukoc from overseas to come over and play with this organization. The reason why they were competitive and got back to the Eastern Conference Finals, even though they lost to the Knicks. Like, like you can't dispute what Jerry Krause's contribution to the, the organization was. But the problem was, is do you have the clip? All right, this clip right here was just sad as hell. Champion, two-time NBA Executive of the Year, represented by his wife, Thelma, Basketball Hall of Famer and former Bulls General Manager, Jerry Krause. Now, for those of you on the audio version of this, you can't hear it, but I'm sure you, you've all seen the clip of, uh, of Jerry Krause's spouse, Thelma, uh, crying. Uh, she was visibly upset. I believe it was Ron Harper that was behind her trying to console her and um, trying to get her to, to rebound from it. And uh, that was just a sad, sad scene. And a lot of these casuals in that Chicago crowd booing somebody that has passed away that it contributed greatly to this organization, no matter what you think of him, it was just pure, pure classless. I just, and I'm not a big Jerry Krause fan. I don't think anybody is, but I also know the moment. And the moment to boo this man might've been when he was still in existence and still in that crowd and you maybe gave him your two cents. But it's been a long time. It's been over 25 years since they've been in that position to win a championship. That was just abhorrent. Absolutely abhorrent. EJ? I've been a Chicago fan my whole life. You know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and and when I was a young man, I grew up a Bulls fan. Uh, Chet Walker, Bob Love, who was a great mentor to me, Mickey Johnson, Norm Van Leer, Jerry Sloan, Bobby Weiss, Tom Borwinkle, Howard Porter. I mean, I could, I was, what I tell you all is a diehard. Cost a dollar to get into the Chicago stadium, sit up in the rafters. Uh, I had the great Isaiah Thomas on my show yesterday. Uh, and, you know, we grew up together on the west side of Chicago. And 
he was just he was at he was crazy about what happened. It bothered me because all those years I supported the Bulls, they lost. Mm-hmm. A lot. They lost. When I got into the NBA and we were playing the Bulls, they lost. Jerry Krause comes over, a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. In the White Sox organization. Yes. Uh, obviously, Jerry Reinstorf thought enough of him being in a baseball situation that he could bring him over to the Bulls organization and take over. He comes over there. Okay, he didn't he didn't draft Michael Jordan. But he drafted everybody else. Yep, Scottie Pippen. And traded for Scottie Pippen. And in seeing the struggles of Michael Jordan, the losing every year, he built a team around Michael Jordan. Not just Scott. He traded for Scottie Pippen, NAIA player. Not a lot of people knew about him, but he saw it. By the fact, Seattle drafted Scotty and traded him to Chicago for Olden Polonies. All right. So, Olden, how you feel about that? That's my boy. He he listens to the podcast. <laughs> he was here uh, uh, for your poker tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows you how valuable you were. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you my boy. You know that. Uh, so he drafts Scotty. They go through their struggles. Long the years, he picks up Luke Longleys of the world. He picks up Steve Kerr's of the world, you know, the John Paxons of the world. Uh, he goes out and he says, you know, I'm going to add, you know, Bill Cartwright. He, then he, uh, he adds, uh, he says, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to draft this guy, Tony Kukoc, who's thought of as Mr. European and, and even the backlash from going to get him, right, from MJ and Scotty. Pushing back on it, you know, and not really receiving Ku Coach as well as they should. Fighting back on that. Oh, and then he goes into the CBA and he hires a guy that was that was considered a hippie back in the day when he played, Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and gets an old archaic mindset coach in Tex Winter. Mm-hmm. And they come up with this triangle. And, you know, and all of a sudden, the Bulls are what? What the best team in the basketball? Winning. Jerry Krause did that. Michael Jordan would have left if they had kept losing. Scotty would have left if they had kept losing. Jerry Krause is the reason why he allowed them to stay. Picks up Ron Harper the year before Jordan comes back to go for the second three-peat. And what, what happens? Ron Harper, 20-point-per-game score, thinking he's replacing Jordan. Jordan comes back. Ron Harper turns into a defensive mm-hmm. stalwart. Mm-hmm. And becomes an integral piece of three more championships. Really? Like, what Jerry Krause did for the city of Chicago, for the Chicago Bulls, is unbelievable. So you don't like the last step that he made. He said, you know what, this dynasty is over. We're going to start to rebuild. And people are making him pay for that, thinking we could have won number seven. He gave you six. That's just like somebody giving you a thousand dollars, and you mad because they don't give you a thousand twenty-five. Like he gave you six. He puts you in position to get six, and you boo, you boo his spirit, 
and his wife is there to take it? Really? That's the most gutless thing I've ever seen. And I don't blame the crowd. I blame Michael and Scotty because they could have squashed this, man. Like calling them crumbs, putting it in the documentary, how they just didn't care for them. All the years we heard stories come out about they didn't like them. You know, they make him sit in the front of the bus. They just just talk about him why he's in the front of the bus. I mean, all these things, right? In in fun probably to them at the time. And that's fine. But now that he's gone and he can't even be respected at what he did, name me a GM that has done more for Chicago, as the great Isaiah Thomas said on my show yesterday, than Jerry Cross. Oh, zero. There, there isn't one. But yet you boo him. Yeah. And you boo his you boo his legacy. You boo his wife who came there probably knowing that maybe that would happen, but she still came thinking that the goodness in your heart would not do it. And you did it. Yeah. Man, I have no respect for those people, man. <clears throat> so yeah, that that was just Bush League, man. Yeah, and, it was absolutely Bush League. And it, it, i know uh, our CHGO folks actually talked about this as well. Um, and they would, uh, you know, Peck went on a, a great little tirade. And if you uh, have a chance, you should go back and watch their show the day after because it was fantastic and they did it justice. So um, also uh, <laughs> prong one, two, three in the chat, bro, uh, MJ, Kobe and Shaq are not overrated. Uh, I don't care if Phil Jackson was their coach or not. They still would have found a way to win at least one or two championships, even without Phil Jackson. You got to stop with that mess. That's crazy to just say that they would never win a championship without Phil. Like, that's a stop. Just well, stop. They, they, they didn't. I know, but you, <clears throat> you would never know in their prime they if they would have or not. Well, we, we, well, I'll say it like this. As Michael will push back if he was here. Organizations win championships, not players. Organizations win. We've seen a multitude of talented teams didn't win. Organizations, man, it's the people around those players. It's the coaches. It's the trainers. It's it's everything. It's, it, that's what allows you to win. It puts you in a great position. You have the great support. It's not just the talent. This is somebody that played eighteen years, man. We had very we had unbelievable talent in Kansas City, but we had terrible management. And he's not here anymore, Joe Axelson, so I'm not going to, you know, go at him past that. But it was just bad management. Okay. You know? I, and the, so, the two have to work together. It, it, without a doubt. You know what I mean? And, and that's so, that's the thing is you can't say, oh, well, one wouldn't have happened. You know, like if we replace Phil Jackson with, uh, I don't know, uh, Pop, you, would they not winning a championship then? Like, stop. Like, mm. You never, you don't know. Like you don't know what coach would have been able to overcome that. Like Phil Jackson, a tremendous coach. Well, Tex Winters should also get as much credit as Phil Jackson because he's the one that came up with the concept of the triangle offense. K State alone, but fantastic Hall of Famer. Like he but gets Tex credit does, too. Though. I think and Phil gives him credit. Yeah, they, but they, everybody talks about but, Phil. They never they, really talk well, about well, Tex because Phil had to convince Michael. That's the toughest part. Phil had to convince them, not Tex, even though Tex had the offense, right? I'm sure a lot of coaches came up to the NBA with, with, with strategic offenses that, that players didn't want to buy into. Yeah, true. So Phil had to convince Michael to trust Scotty with the ball to make the triangle work. Okay, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Uh, we have gone a really long time today, uh, so we're going to end it with a little bit of levity. Uh, do you want to say something really quick about um, you had posted something about Martin Luther King, and I know you wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, Let's look, Martin Luther King uh, holiday this past week. Uh, I would like to get to a point in this country where it becomes the big holiday, right? You have these strategic ways of putting it where <clears throat> some holidays, they shut down everything and people actually act like it's a holiday. Martin Luther King, in my estimation, is one of the most powerful men to ever walk the face of the earth in this country because he stopped this country from having a second civil war. Yeah. Bottom line, he stopped it from having a second civil war. And he did it with nonviolence. And in the, in the era of violence, in the era of dictators and, and guys bombing other countries and going in and fighting and losing lives, he came up with a way, taking a part of the ideology of uh, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, to be able to just teach the art of nonviolence and to be for everybody, not just one segment of our society, not one race, but all races. So for me, he's one of, he's the most important figure in the history of this country. And I think it's, it's, it comes a time where, you know, in January, you know, on a Monday, okay, uh, as we just had, it should be celebrated a lot bigger than what it is. And I know I do. Uh, and I just implore other people to understand, do their research, do their history, and understand he saved lives. He didn't lose lives to gain power. He saved lives. And that's that's huge. No leader has ever done that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have much else to add to that. <clears throat> uh, the historical context of Martin Luther King uh, will is going to be very hard to overcome and over, or top that because of his significance yeah. uh, to the world. And I world. have a dream that one day <laughs> I'll look at Saul <laughs> and I'll knock his A out. Uh, that's not what he was preaching. Uh, he was talking about nonviolence. So uh, <laughs> let's go to this last clip. This is a little bit of levity for you folks because this is kind of something that, listen, EJ and I play golf together. Uh, neither one of us are in this boat, but we have played with dudes that are kind of like this. Uh, and uh, if we can go ahead and run that video. This is Saul, y'all. No, this is not me. You Look know damn well this is not I play me. I played golf with Saul. Look, Bro, that's Saul. you know this ain't me. That's you, man. If anything, it's you. That's you, man. Look, look, look at this follow through on the swing. This is your swing. No, forget that. This it's is the setup. Percent, no, please. That no, ain't my swing. swing. Not That's not on, my man. swing. Come on now. That's not this my is, swing. First of all, we still got like that. another That's 15 seconds before. Like, That's like, how this long we take. Look, 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 look. That's you know what this looks like? You know what this looks like? No, no. This is not me. Stop with that foolishness. You know that damn well. This actually looks like a, I'll just say it, 45. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Oh Jesus! Let me tell you, if I had to sit, oh if God. I had to play golf with that dude, <laughs> we wouldn't. I, I would. We would. No, I would make him leave. No, yeah, I know. You know, I I would, know what I would tell him? I'd say, "Look, man, here's your problem. Here's your problem, and you all can steal this joke if you want. Here's your problem, man. Because you know, our guys hit a bad shot and they go over to the side and they start mumbling to themselves, like, and mm -hmm. I'd be like, hey, "Look, man, this is the problem." <laughs> You're not taking your clubs back far enough. You're not taking it back far enough. And then they'll look at you and they'll like, no, you're not. You're not taking it back far enough. 
He's like, what do you mean? Take that shit back to the I car. I said, take your clubs back to your car and get the hell out. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I can't play with people like that. Uh, there's been a couple times where I've gone out golfing with people <clears throat> in this office, and uh, and it, I, I don't want to do it again. I, I, they need to get better. They need to step their game up. Two of them are in the same office together, and uh, they need to they need to learn how to golf a little bit better. There you go. You know what I mean? So that's just what it is, man. So anyway, thank you all for joining us on another episode. It was of long-winded, but I was on one today. I, told, I tweeted it out. I said, get in here. <laughs> I was on one today. You can follow my man at Jumpshot8 on Twitter. Later. You can follow him on NBA Series Radio. Uh, from are you on today? Uh, no, I'm traveling. You gotta use today. the mic, bro. I'm traveling today. I'm out of here later. <laughs> okay, you can follow me on Twitter as well, Saul underscore Bookman, or even on Instagram for both of us. Until next time, get out. Peace. Ah, uh, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.